Welcome back to Screen Time with Rokan and Richard Roper. I am Richard Roper. Rokan has been on assignment the last several weeks, but here's the good news. He's going to be back shortly. The duo will be back in the saddle again, just like Hall and Oates, just like Simon and Garfunkel, just like Ketchup on a Hot Dog. Oh, I might get in trouble with Chicagoans for saying Ketchup on a Hot Dog, but honestly, I don't give a shit what you put on your hot dog. It's your hot dog. Put whatever you want on it. Now, before we get to the business at hand, I have to remind you, I want to remind you, and I need to remind you, the digital landscape is changing rapidly and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design and development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing, all to drive your overall business success because they believe today's online world is your opportunity Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. Okay, so on the last podcast, if you didn't get a chance to listen, we had a great sit-down with Chance the Rapper. I was invited to Chance's house. He showed his concert film, Magnificent Coloring World, to me, an audience of one, which was really cool. And then we sat down after in his home and talked about not only the concert film and how it was made, but his future ambitions for uh, movies and TV. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that podcast, please do. Another really special podcast today. I had the opportunity to sit down in Chicago with Jennifer Hudson to talk about her starring role in the much-anticipated Aretha Franklin biopic, Respect. How is Aretha doing? Aretha's doing alright. Just alright. Singing is sacred, and you shouldn't do it just because somebody wants you to. What's most important is that you are treated with dignity and respect. You're special, Ray. You have a talent they call genius. Jennifer Hudson, of course, is from Chicago, still lives in the Chicago area. Came to fame first on American Idol and then really burst through to superstar with her first feature film. It was Dreamgirls, and she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in her very first feature film film that, believe it or not, was about 15 years ago, folks. Now, she's starring as Aretha Franklin in Respect. We talked all about the making of the movie and the fact that Aretha Franklin herself wanted Jennifer Hudson to star in this film. Now, before we go to the conversation, a little caveat for you guys, maybe a little bit of an apology if, if it's warranted. If this sounds like we were outside on a hotel terrace in Chicago overlooking Michigan Avenue and there's traffic going by and there's a wind and breeze blowing, that's because exactly those were the circumstances. So it was really cool to sit outside with Jennifer. But you're going to hear some ambient noises here, folks, because it was summer in Chicago. But nonetheless, it was a great conversation. And let's take a listen. Are you doing like an old-fashioned promo tour? I know you were in Atlanta and you were in Detroit before that. So <laughs> It feels that way. Yeah, I think so. I guess. Yeah. So how many cities are you doing all together? Oh, I have lost counts. Really? I, and I've never counted it. Um, but it's 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 been fun and it's still carrying on, and I feel like I've been at it for a little bit. Has it been kind of jarring? Cause is this like the first this is the thing first you've thing done out. basically? Yes, yeah. it has yeah. been. But it's like a bit. It was overwhelming at first, mm -hmm. like for this to be the first thing. You know, we've been isolated for so long, and then to like be thrown in it, 
but I'm enjoying it too. Kind of nice to be reminded of all that, yes. right? Yeah, the yes. fun part where you really get to talk about something you love and yes. and also the fact that, I mean, I know we're hitting this variant and everything, but people are going to be able to see this in theaters. Yes. And that's got it, especially a film like this, which, you know, there's some movies, Jennifer, I feel like, I mean, I've been watching a lot of movies at home the last year, and some of them, the truth is, you can watch Nomadland at home, but right. you got to see respect in a theater, right, yeah. with the best sound possible. I Don't agree. You feel? Yes, I think so. And also, I think that, I think it's, the timing is necessary because mm. I can't help but to think of how Aretha Franklin brought so many people together in her life through music. So what better way to pay homage to her life than everybody coming out in theaters and paying homage to her life and seeing it in theaters? Yeah, well. absolutely. You know, I was thinking about this too because I'm thinking about all these, you know, these wonderful biopics we've had of, of music legends. I mean, I think of Angela doing What's Love Got to Do With It and Jamie doing Ray, and just a couple of years ago, uh, Remy Malik giving us uh, Freddie Mercury. But in all of those cases, and I know we knew Jamie did music, but in all of those cases, these were primarily actors yeah. playing these musical icons. And this is, I can't think of another instance in which someone as iconic as yourself oh, thank you. is playing this generational legend, you know, because, you know, Barbara and Gaga, they played um, fictional characters. So is that almost more of a challenge for you to disappear into a character? Because we know you so well. You know what? Yes. It seems like it would be a plus, but it's it's kind of that, but just as much a challenge as Mm. well, because like, man, how can I reapproach this in a way that's different from Jennifer Hudson singing tribute exactly. to Aretha Franklin. Exactly. So That's that makes what I'm thinking. it true. Yeah. And then, how do you either even gather all the essence of her that is so familiar to everyone exactly. as well? And then it's like, okay, the sound. How do we? What do I do? I even right. still sit with it, like, okay, did I approach it right or? That was the main thing that sat with me while filming. Like, how do I approach this? Am I supposed to just simply use all of my voice? Mm-hmm. Am I exactly. To exactly. Like her. Those are the questions that still poke in my mind. So that it's that it's that delicate balance between you don't want to do an impersonation. Right. Because we have Aretha's voice, exactly. you know, we're gifted with that, but we're also gifted with your voice. Wow. So you want to be, you have to kind of do something in between. I mean, yes. how did you, did that change the way you breathe when you're doing your music or, or did you, you know, try different types of pitches and tones when you were doing the songs? Good question. Um, I sat with the dialect coach, Tom Jones, mm-hmm. and one of the first things we did was, okay, let's look at your instrument, look at her instrument. And we discovered like they are, they can lend to the same things, although they're built, our instruments are built differently. Right. Our approaches are different. Okay. So it's like, yes, I'm singing it, but using her nuances, her her um, approach, the placement in which where she sings from. Like he says, she sings from the top of her head. Whereas mm. I sing. I said, well, where do I sing? He said, from the bottom of your feet. Okay. What does that mean? Oh. <laughs> um, and also huh. looking at the art of like the timeline like i start off with maybe aretha in the film is like 17. right so she's not as polished or yes. professional either she's got she's church yes right yeah. right so having to because mm. you have to like find the youth in your voice to mm. make it sound youthful, you know and then channel it from the way she would approach it right so it, for me it ended up being like allowing her influence on me musically mm-hmm. to come through but using her nuances and inflections and signature things that she would do that we are all familiar with 
So as I'm assuming as with most movies, you're not doing all of this in chronological order, of course, with your shooting. So there are scenes that are in the church where you have to go back and remember this is what she sounded like at 16. This is what she sounded like at 34 and kind of keep all that straight in your mind, but also in your in your musical heart, I guess. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So that that's what makes it extremely different from mm-hmm. being a singer, listening to a song and singing, simply right. singing it, where now it's the narrative. Mm-hmm. Now the circumstances matter. Or for example, the song Ain't No Way, like I, as Jennifer Hudson, know the song completely mm-hmm. as a singer. So oh, I, I could sing it, you know, and know every lick, whereas in the, the context of the film, she's learning the song. So now yeah. I have to unlearn the song and reapproach it in a way as if I'm just now discovering it and trying to find a way to sit in it as she did, you know, in creating it. So it's a completely different thing and approach for that reason. It's almost like a jazz approach where you have to unlearn notes that you wouldn't have learned until you were on stage for 25 years yeah. playing with the best or something like yeah. that. So it, it made it fun and challenging, yeah, but it's it tricky too. Like, okay, how do we approach this? You know, it, it well, first of all, it, it works beautifully. And, you know, I, I have to say, of course, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've, I've seen 6,000 movies I reviewed probably. Wow. And I get a little cynical sometimes. But the first time we see you on screen, when we transition from maybe Aretha, it just gave me chills. It was wow. just so great to see you. Thank you. And I almost feel like I hope people don't lose sight of the incredible acting job you do in this film. You know, there's a performance there that if you didn't sing a single note... It's a beautiful performance. It Thank really you so is. Much. Thank you so much. I mean, and and I almost feel like there's three performances because there's you know you're playing this character who goes through so much. I mean, my God, you know all the yes. all the journeys and everything. And then there's the performance numbers, but then there's the studio numbers as well. So you you're doing so many different things. And I want to I want to go back to the, the the theme, Jennifer, of seeing you in that church because spirituality and faith is obviously this the first time we see you is in church. The last time we see you is in church and i just you know i love the the spiritual element there can you just talk a little bit about how important that was to aretha and how important that is to you as well very important i thought that was the the essence it is the essence of her it's the base of her and myself yeah it's the thing that helped me get through the film and it's the thing that felt most at home in mm-hmm. it you know so it's a, a a great way to start out although if, i don't think it was the even as far as sequence one of the first things we did but when we were doing it, I'm like, well, this is church. You can't really script that. You have to just, you might just want to roll the camera and just let it be what it is. Um, but it was helpful to have that element because it's so familiar to both of us. And I know it was her base as well as mine. And that was the most important thing to me to maintain throughout the film, her faith and the gospel and her music. No matter what genre she sang, no matter where she was in life, the gospel was always the blueprint yeah. and her faith was always present. And that's where she finds her redemption exactly. ultimately because she's had, you know, this very complicated relationship with her father. Mm-hmm. There's equal parts I feel like, you know, love and, and negligence there and him, you know, uh, exploiting her. And then these two men who, you know, she really just, you know, horrific stuff. And then who does she find solace with? It's a man of God who tells her, you've got to turn back to God. And I mean, I think it's kind of rare to see in a mainstream film these days, you know, where people, where, where the, where a major film is like, this is actually saying, this is about God, this is about faith. That's pretty special, don't you think? Yeah, and that, that to me is a part of her calling mm-hmm. because she brought that to the world through her music. That's that soul. 
that you're feeling it. That's what made her so special. So it's that's what I mean by it. it's her base, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is the thing, whether it was consciously or unconscious, is what reson still resonates with everyone today. Okay, we're gonna pick up our conversation with Jennifer Hudson talking about the movie. But first, my friend Rokan has a few words about Portillo's. Let me tell you about our friends at Portillo's, the finest fast casual experience you're going to have in all of dining. Portillo's, you know, not just hot dogs. A lot of, you know, when it started in Chicago, people were like, oh, it's a hot dog shop. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We got, we got Italian beef? Wait. We got Italian sausage? Wait. You got chocolate cake? <laughs> Oh man, it's just uh, it's just one of the great experiences you can have, and I, I think I just said this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. If you live somewhere where Portillo's is new in California, Arizona, parts of Florida, check it out. Go have the chocolate cake. You get a little slice of home if you're from the Midwest, you're from Chicago, or you're from the East Coast too, because you know that that food will be very familiar to you as street food. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be so heavy. It's not. Mm. And can I just tell you something? Mm. The best thing about Portillo's mm. is that bun that they put the Italian beef on yeah, yeah. that you get now when you get that dipped and it gets all wet. Yeah. That is the perfect piece of bread. Mm-hmm. And you know, carbs be damned. You can do it once a month. You're sure. not gonna hurt anything. You'll be fine. Portillo's.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S is how you spell that. Portillo's.com. Find a store near you or order online, and you can get it anywhere in the United States of America, portillos.com. And welcome back to Screen Time. We're going to continue now with my conversation with Jennifer Hudson about the movie Respect. And of course, uh, Natural Woman, uh, which is such a, you know, it's a signature tune. And even though it's about, it's not, it's a secular song, it's not, but it has kind of that, doesn't it have kind of that church feeling to it? I feel like it has a gospel mm-hmm. feel to it, especially the opening um, and then you uh, write a song with Carol King, wow. right? This original song, which um, I love. Aww, this song, thank you, thank um, you. and talk about church. I mean, I feel like the 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 opening notes were getting out of the pews. I mean, it's it's telling you to stand <laughs> up, right? But then it's got a little bit of Al Green, a little bit of Staple Singers, that kind of yes. '70s uh, feel to it. Uh, can you talk about how did you, did you write this uh, remotely with Carol? Did you put um, this together? How did you put this together? Yeah, we did it um, via Zoom mm. during the pandemic. Um, it wasn't even a long process. I mean, I think what we did was she's pulled from her experiences with Aretha, knowing her. Um, we talked about those things from my experience and her experiences and and then also my church upbringing in the intro of it. I remember Carol saying, you have to be a part of this, you know, which is what the song is about, mm-hmm. using your voice. So she was definitely that encouraged. Like, no, you you, you go write. Imagine Carol King said, no, you go write on this too. Oh, I my know, God, wow. well, thank you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And, but it was important to me, the whole theme of singing my way home. To me, it, it parallels to Rita and myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me she didn't sing her way she, home. She sang to her last breath. You know what I mean? And we mm-hmm. all got to witness it, benefit from it. And then I walk around saying all the time, just to get home here to Chicago, I'm like, y'all, I always find myself every day singing my way back home. It's like, it's another note, another song to get there. So that's mm-hmm. one of my sayings. So I was like, it couldn't be more befitting. 
it has different meanings and then the undertones of it is also my gospel who's coming out and her influence mm -hmm. and that through it which happened to resonate with both of us and then carol king comes in and writes the whole body beautiful of the song that's beautiful you know what i mean so yeah. i couldn't imagine thank you who better yeah to put the cherry on the top the bow on it you know what i mean then to have carol king to seal up this film tribute to Aretha. that was one of the things i think that not everybody realized about Aretha, but we see this in the movie. It's like, okay, she, I mean, her covers were obviously signature original tunes, but it's like, okay, that's a, you know, uh, Otis Redding song, or that's a Carole King song. But as we see in the film, and, the, and I think some of the most effective scenes, we see that even before Aretha got producer credit on the gospel, I mean, she was a producer in the, in the studio from the start, yeah. right? I mean, she was arranging things. I love the scene. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the scene with the Muscle Shows mm -hmm. musicians, where mm -hmm. you don't, again, you don't see a lot in these types of films about the creation of exactly. the music, or it's just one little quick thing, and everybody gets it, and then we're on stage. And I love that. So that must have been a kind of a fun thing for you to kind of do that scene where you're learning and teaching at the same yes. time. Yeah. It, it, it's so important because of her. Mm -hmm. Aretha, like we know her as this great singer. And some people know she was an amazing musician. Mm. And some people know she was a great writer. So to see her in her element and then to be a musician, everyone in the scene were real life musicians. I don't know what they I figured them. they had to have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actors, but musicians. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggle with saying, like, okay, should I call them musicians in the scene? or actors and things so we were able to allow it to breathe and as musicians we all know the the process mm -hmm. of what it takes to create music and what we go through as musicians and that's what she was so it had to be authentic and that's what Lisa comes in at because she cast everyone that way mm -hmm. you know so I remember being on the set like no you're really playing that organ <laughs> no you could really play that horn whatever they had so it was like the respect scene yeah we had so much fun creating this. It was like jam session. Yeah. That's why we like, y'all gotta go see this in the theater because it's like a concert. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a workshop, it's a concert, it's a movie. It feels like life at times. It's so many different elements in it because we yeah. literally lived it. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it, it, it brings more to the performance numbers when we see what went into it to get there, when we see how it's made, you know? Okay. And especially, you, you mentioned these guys, they all look like the, they should be accountants <laughs> for the record company, and this guy's got this guy's got a little <laughs> funk going and everything. And the great thing about Aretha is she didn't care no. if they were black or white. It, it, do you have rhythm? Do you have soul? Do you have heart? And that's, that's a really cool thing to see. Uh, you mentioned Liesl, who does an amazing job, and of course, as we all know, she's this you know incredible uh, director. But her background is stage, her mm -hmm. background is Broadway, her background, and this is the first feature film. Was there any trepidation or concern about that on your part to put such a huge endeavor in her hands? No, not at all for me. I I, I always tell everyone like if God placed us here, we have no choice mm -hmm. but to be prepared and. I trust that everybody knows I call it superpower. You got your superpower, you worry about your department, I hold mine down and you know, like you're there with purpose. You wouldn't be here if you wasn't here. Mm -hmm. So I didn't give it much thought at all. And I love the freshness. Yeah. And the element of bringing in, allowing theater to breathe on camera. And, and not a lot of that is done in the industry. So it's good to, I like her being able to introduce it and 
bringing that element in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, and, and again, one of the things I really appreciated about the film was in so many of the performance numbers, uh, she allowed the number to breathe, that we get a mm. complete performance. Because it drives me crazy when I'm watching <laughs> a film and they're like a minute and a half into the song, and I'm like, why are you cutting away? Wow. Why are you going backstage? Why are you going to the next scene? Yeah. And you know, and I think maybe the background is as, as, yeah. as someone who's done stage and stuff. It, it just helps so much more to get that full performance of these songs, right? And, and then too, it's Aretha Franklin. Exactly. And what brought us here, why we want to know the story, is because of the base of the music and that was another thing we all were big on like this is about Aretha Franklin so the music has to be present it cannot take a back seat it's just as important and sometimes it can get lost when it's about the story when mm -hmm. it's in the film form you know so that was something that we were I think everybody was conscious of and, and thought was necessary and in that same vein you're singing live right mm -hmm. this is not a, a everything ADR is type stuff this is not no. post this is you performing live live everything but only only songs that are it's, I, what we do like 18 songs on the soundtrack probably 14 of the 18 if mm. not more all live I even recall like when I finally got to the last song I was like oh this is the what I made it to the end wow. of the last songs but um I, I want it um, I know it's a, a singing thing, but it was an actor's choice. Like, I want to experience it mm -hmm. as she did in her life. Yeah. So anything that she sang live in concert or when she was learning Ain't No Way or singing Amazing Grace mm -hmm. or even at the Dr. King Memorial, she sang it live. Well, we're going to do it live here. Yeah. If it's in the film, if it's a radio record, okay, it should be authentic. Gotcha. Let's record it like a radio okay. record. So those moments that are... That makes sense. Okay. So that was the approach. And I know there's something about that though because when you, when I see a, a musical and it's there's something obvious when it was recorded separately when it's not live Very no matter the greatest audio and sound editors in the world it doesn't have that richness right. it doesn't feel like immersive and this did but that also then means that when you're doing these live performances you've got to do it multiple times right because yes. they got to do different setups and you got to do this thing whereas if you were doing a live Jennifer Hudson show you don't go okay let's do it again one more time with that camera over there so that's a lot of energy you got to use because you have to bring the same energy so was this continuity yeah, for continuity for continuity yeah so yeah. how do you how do you rise to that challenge when there's just multiple performances of the only song? way that was challenged the continuity part is mm. challenging because every time I would sing it it would come out different mm -hmm. ah. but somehow Lisa was able to work that out and it was okay but each angle was different because you got to shoot from different angles so you want the front angle you want the you know it's different perspectives so right. you have to redo them if anything we recorded a playback for like far away shots so I could save my voice which I still sing along um so <laughs> if, if it was from behind me okay. or far away you know but everything was in real time and it wasn't she didn't sh overshoot it <laughs> so it was like okay we she got what she needed and moved to the next angle yeah, I, yeah. again, I, I appreciate that because there's some tendencies to sometimes overshoot these things where you've got a quick cut like it's an action fight sequence, right. and we don't need that, you know. <laughs> we need to just, to, you know, we need yeah. to appreciate the performance. Uh, this is my, maybe a smaller thing, but I, I wonder if this is still important to you. I mean, obviously, this is this period piece. So getting into the wardrobe and doing the hair and makeup, does that help a lot when you're creating the character? Do you feel like that helps you do Aretha's walk-in mannerisms when you're almost literally in her shoes. It helped me understand us so much more. Mm. And I'm the kind of, whatever you put on me makes, it changes how you feel. Yeah. I don't know, 
know it like it does morph you into it and clint ramos outdid himself with the costume great it was 83 83 costume changes wow. and 11 wig changes and the one it, it's a couple that just made me feel like really like the queen of soul one of them was the the birthday the gold gown and the furry coat i was like who puts this on for their birthday? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Queen of Soul. Yes, exactly. It made me really right. feel like the Queen of Soul. And some of the outfits helped me understand her more. It's like I got to know mm -hmm. her even more through the costume. It was really interesting. Makes sense, yeah. I always feel like um, the Oscars and other awards, um, they're always going to favor something from the 17th century, which I feel is almost easier to do because the costumers, yeah, we have drawings and stuff, but they can take liberties with that. But if something's set in the 60s and 70s and 80s, there's a lot of us that remember that. So you really yes. got to be spot on, but you also... it's a character in yeah, itself. Yeah, it really is. And I, I just feel like sometimes that doesn't get enough credit. Right. You know, the production design in You're this right. movie, her, you know, watching Aretha's growth and, and, you know, becoming wealthier and the house, I mean, the house is fantastic. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that's probably what her house would have been you like, know what? right? You know funny? When we walked in the Aretha home for the first time, I thought I was walking up to her, like, actual records. And when I got close to it, it scared me because I was like, that's me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because it felt that real. Oh, wow. So when I got to, like, you know how you have pictures of yourself in yeah, your yeah, home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, her album plaques. And, and it's, like, little pictures that's attached to it. And I was thinking I was looking at the real thing. Wow. And I was like... It surprised me that it was me. That's impressive. That's how it really yeah. felt. And that all that all comes through, even if we're not conscious as viewers, that all those little details <laughs> in a film like that, all of that helps. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'd be remiss, Jennifer, I didn't mention, of course, that another really important element is Aretha's activism, you know, and the fact that, you know, it's not something that necessarily... Uh, the record executives or the managers or the publicists wanted to do. They're like, you know, just go out there and entertain the masses and go on the Mike Douglas show. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about how important that was to include that in the film and to show her joining the movement and, you know, and, and, and wanting not, not just to say stuff at a press conference, but wanting to march and really participate. Which I thought was so honorable. And, and mm -hmm. uh, like, for her to take that stand in a time like that when in the position she's in she didn't necessarily have to but that showed the humor of her that yeah. showed the heart of her and that showed how much she loved her people and how conscious she was of her time you know and it, it can't help but to have a newfound respect and it make artists like myself sit and say okay wow well what am i doing with my platform or what can you do with it or show you it gives an example you know of how we can all make space and utilize whatever platform we have to make a difference and so seeing her do that is inspiring and it reminds me of what i would say on set like i always had in the back of my mind i know we all have to respect for Miss Aretha franklin but by the time they get done with watching this film i want them to have a newfound respect for her and that's one of those things that's worthy of like yeah wow it goes beyond the music and it also gives her music and her position of why she's so held in such high regard with everyone yeah. You know, to know the moves she made, how costly it was for her in that time, you know. Even as she was going through so many personal struggles, yeah. too, she could have said, you know what, I'm not going to, I can't worry about the larger world. I'm falling apart. This is all my, me, me, me. And certainly she had her diva moments, who doesn't, but um, but that she would continue to fight is tells you so much about her yes. heart yes. and her strength yes. and her character, which, yes. which comes through as well. Uh, of course, you know, you mentioned Chicago, 
no matter where you are, does this always still feel like home no matter what, even oh, when yes. you're not here? Home. This is home. Oh my right? God, yes, yeah. and there's no place <laughs> like home. And I have people even here like, where, what are you doing here? I live here. I'm from here. Is it funny? Like sometimes people, well, oh, before oh COVID, they run into you and like, oh, what are you in town for? Yeah. My life. Are you singing? <laughs> yeah. I live here. You know what I mean? Like, you do. And because people have the perception that all celebrities live in, you know, Hollywood or, you know, New York or something. Mm. It's like, no. But Aretha was the same way. Detroit was right. her home just as much as Chicago is mine and still is mine. And always will be. I mean, you feel like be. that. Yes. Uh, I have to ask you this question. Um, I'm a huge White Sox fan. I'm from the South Suburbs, uh, you know, so I mean, oh, Sox, Sox, and I know you're a South Side girl. Um, you know, they're doing really well this year, okay? Aww, so, I, you know, um, so here's my idea. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, and I'm going to put the White Sox on the spot. If they make the World Series, who better to sing the Star Spangled Banner? If you were asked to do it. You, you do understand that's one of my dreams. As a little girl riding around the city of Chicago, I used to dream of singing there. And really? it's still one of my dreams. I'm just saying. Okay. So, this is going to be the field of dreams. Let's make this happen. It's up to the White Sox now to get to the, okay. uh, they get they to the finish get line. They get and I can quote line. you as saying that you'll sing the Star Spangled Banner if the White Sox make the World Series. I would love to. That would be a great moment. I would love to. All right. I think that's the perfect note to end on. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I literally don't know why. Like... I don't know why it, it, I was like I said they're doing really really well and I'm a I'm a huge White Sox fan, um, and I was thinking about talking to you today and it's like in the middle of the day I'm like I'm gonna ask Jennifer if she wants to do that <laughs> I don't have any authority that, you know to ask that, but that but now we writing. now we do we, we, we put it in the Sun Times and now we go yeah and my grandmother used to love baseball oh wow and that's where I got my voice from my grandmother and that's where we used to watch with her all the time I can think of nothing more Chicago than you at home plate singing for 40,000 people and the the banners and everything. We nat- we deserve that moment too in this city right now. We could use this. This all is right. our okay. We're going to look up and you're, you're going to write about it again. And you're going to say, I wrote this. And then I'm going to take all the credit. I, yeah. You take all the credit. So I always do. If I predict something that comes through, I, I bring it up. If it doesn't, I just pretend like I never said it. You, you know? know what? <laughs> I, it's going to have to snow down. All right. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank All right, guys, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening, for downloading, for subscribing, for telling your friends, for letting them know the Screen Time podcast with Rowan Roper is available everywhere where podcasts are available. We're going to be back very soon. Rokan will be rejoining me. We'll continue to have some great guests, but we're also going to go back to talking about new releases, new streaming releases, new films. We've got some great anniversary celebrations of some classics from the 80s and the 90s. Really going to kick into gear in late summer and fall with Screen Time Podcasts. Once again, want to remind you, we are brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service, global, digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information, and I'll see you guys and talk to you guys soon.